podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. The day after Liverpool 2, the blue shite nil in the Merseyside derby, Everton came to Anfield and put forward a heroic display in which they were robbed because VAR and the PGMOL and Stuart Atwell and NASA... And the Illuminati, and the Freemasons, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Vladimir Putin, and many others conspired to rob the EV of what they perceived to be a deserved victory, or at least a point. Well, let's start by dismissing all of their bullshit. So, first things first, let us remember that Everton, in a Merseyside derby on the 24th of April, 2022, had 15% possession. 15-1-5. That is the least possession anyone has ever had in a Premier League football match. The least. They completed 32 passes in the first half. They played 63 minutes without even completing 50 passes. Thiago Alcantara, by himself, completed 22 more passes over the 90 minutes than the entirety of Everton Football Club. Alan, central midfielder, completed two passes in the entire game both of which were kickoffs. Zero passes completed, only four attempted in open play. This is the team people want you to believe were wrong yesterday. They want you to forget that Anthony Gordon dived six times in the game. They want you to pretend like he didn't dive in the penalty box twice. Not once, twice. He was booked for the first one. And people, Robbie Musto, tried to say he was just jumping out of the way of Naby Keita's leg. They want you to believe that Joel Matip fouled him. Well... Let's look at the Matip incident to start with. Matip and Gordon are running side by side. 
and Gordon extends his right arm, hooks it around Matip's left arm, and then steps across him. He steps away from his path to the ball, a ball he does not have control of, by the way. Steps across Joel Matip and then falls forward. Flings his own right arm forward, which brings Joel Matip's arm with him. But if you see the angle taken from Matip's side, you can very clearly see that there is no push by Joel Matip. It is very clearly Anthony Gordon throwing himself forward, pulling Matip's arm, and Matip pulling his arm away. There is no world in which that's a penalty. And Richard Keyes can have all the tantrums he wants, and he can say that he's heard from VAR that they wouldn't have had a problem with the penalty. That doesn't mean it was a penalty. I would also state that they are unlikely to tell Richard Keyes much of anything. And we can't really take the word of Richard Keyes, who throughout his personal and professional life has shown himself to be both a liar and a dickhead. Now, Liverpool dominated this game from start to finish. You can tell that by the fact that they had 85% of the ball. They had 18 shots, four on target, two of which resulted in goals. The Ev had nine shots. Not sure you'd call some of them shots. One on target. And didn't really do anything. Now, Everton fans want you to think that Sadio Mane should have been sent off. I will say it was foolish of him to put his hands in the face of not one, but two Everton players. He was quite clearly goaded by Mason Holgate, who then ran to tell teacher, acted like a hard man, and then ran to tell teacher. They don't want you to talk about Richarlison kicking out at Jordan Henderson. They don't want you to talk about that. They don't want to talk about Abdoulaye Dukure coming over and shoving Henderson as he's lying on the ground, having been kicked by Richarlison. Now, Richarlison should have been sent off and Dukure should have received a yellow card. Given Dukure had already had a yellow card, that would have been a second yellow and he should have been off. They don't want you to talk about Alan kicking through the ball in the first half and kicking Nabi Keita in the back of the thigh. They don't want you to talk about Anthony Gordon's diving. They don't want to talk about Jordan Pickford and his incredible time-wasting. Like they were time-wasting from about minute six which is embarrassing. They don't want to talk about Richarlison going down and receiving treatment, having headed a football. They want to cry that Jamie Carragher said Richarlison should get up when he twisted his own ankle after Thiago made him look silly. 
You see, when it comes to Everton, they always want to play the unfortunate. They always want to pretend like the world's against them. There's a conspiracy against Everton. This is what the problem is. It's not that they're crap. There's a conspiracy against them. But when I look at the league table and I see them 18th with 29 points, 50 points behind us, by the way, 50. I don't know that I can buy into the idea of a conspiracy against them. I just think they're crap. And I was thinking last night, I was as I was watching them melt down all over social media and come up with some of the most hilarious excuses I've ever seen and talk about how proud they were of how the team had played and talk about how Anthony Gordon terrorised Trent. I'm not really sure when he did these things. I thought he was crap. I'll be honest. I thought he was awful in the first half. And I thought he had a couple of decent runs in the second half that he wasted either by diving or making a bad decision. He's a pace merchant who offered very little else and didn't really cause us all that much trouble. Like he had a couple of runs down the wing. But I was thinking as I was looking at all of this, What would it be like to be an Everton fan? It genuinely must be a terrible thing. It must be an awful thing to be an Everton fan. Where your whole world is just caught up in this bitterness and this delusion and this paranoia. The fact of the matter is that Everton are crap. That they've cheated in the Premier League. They've far exceeded the financial fair play rules of the Premier League. And even if we buy their laughable claims that they lost 150 million due to the pandemic, which just isn't true, even if we buy that, they're still well outside the allowed losses, like about 98 million outside them. They've cheated. And they're still third from bottom. Like we can look at Leeds and Burnley and Watford and Norwich and say they're not very good. They're crap. But at the end of the day, they are what they are based on staying within the rules. Everton have cheated and are still that crap. So I don't really... I don't really understand what their what their psyche must be like to know that your team spent all this money, wasted hundreds of millions of pounds, and are third from bottom. They were six points off the relegation zone with two games in hand when they sacked Benitez. They're now in the relegation zone with only one game in hand. Under Lampard, they've been genuinely terrible. Like a genuinely terrible football team. 
So what must it be like to be them? Just a lifetime of disappointment and bitterness. Making out that things always go our way in the derby. Let us take a little walk back over the last couple of years. Last season, Dominic Calvert-Loon was given a penalty at Anfield because he need Trent Alexander-Arnold in the head. That's a thing that happened. In the derby at their place last season, Jordan Pickford somehow stayed on the pitch despite that horrendous tackle on Van Dyke that ended Van Dyke's season. A couple of years ago, Lovren put his hand on Calvert-Lewin's back. Now, foolish, admittedly. Calvert-Lewin threw himself to the floor. Penalty. They've had more penalties at Anfield than we have in recent years in the Merseyside derby. And they want you to think they've been hard done by yesterday. That there's a conspiracy against them. It's laughable. You'll always notice it's the crap teams that think the referees are against them because they just can't accept that they're crap. Now, for those who heard post-match Raw last night, you'll note the introduction of a new section. Prick watch. And I thought we'd have a look at the Everton team today. And rate them all at a 10 in terms of being a prick. So I'm calling this the Richarlison meter. Because he is a 10. It may in fact be the Richarlison Pickford scale. That's what we'll call it. The Richarlison Pickford scale of being a prick. Because they're both 10s. So they'll start. Pickford a 10. Seamus Coleman is a good Irish lad but he has been at Everton a very long time. I'd say he's a six. Holgate is a strong eight. We saw him going crying to the referee yesterday. We saw him push Firmino into the crowd a couple of years ago and then accused Firmino of racism. In fact, he's a nine. Michael Keane is too shit to be much of a prick, so we'll give him a seven. Michael Enko seems like a decent sort. I think he's about a three. Dekure, his actions on Henderson yesterday suggest he has been indoctrined into the Everton way of life. So we'll give him a seven. Alan has always been this way inclined. He's an eight. Iwobi didn't have much to do with anything. He didn't really do anything in the match either. We'll give him a four. Damari Gray, a little similar to Gabriel Jesus, always looks like he might be on the verge of tears. So we'll give him a six. Richarlison is obviously a 10. Anthony Gordon is a strong nine. A strong nine. He's a diver. He's a cheat. There's very little to like about his game. And when you actually look at his statistical profile, he's not all that good either. You take away the pace. 
you're not left with much. John Joe Kenny, he's been there that long. He has to be an eight. Fabian Delph, I mean, he's a good Yorkshire lad. He's a bit Brexit. We'll say seven. Asmir Begovic, he, he seems fairly vanilla. Three. Oh, I didn't realize that that Fabian Delph was an anti-vaxxer. He's a nine. He's a nine. Andy Lonergan played for Liverpool. He's a zero. Jared Brantwaite's a young central defender, quite talented. Haven't seen much to really offend me from him. We'll give him a two. That's just a two for having been at Everton. Solomon Rodman, I actually like, so he's a zero. Anwar, Anwar Al-Ghazi has always been a bit of a prick, even at Villa. Uh, we'll give him a five. Isaac Price, never even heard of him before. I think he might have been called up because of the injury to Godfrey, so zero. Delhi, Delhi's a bit of a prick. So on the Pickford Richarlison scale, Richarlison, Pickford, Pickford, Richarlison, you let me know what you prefer. He's probably about a six or a seven. He hasn't been at Everton long enough to become a hardcore one, but he certainly has a little bit of that about him. Now, it, when at Spurs, when he was really good, it was that good sort of edge. And then as he stopped being good, it became that bad sort of edge. We'll give him a six. Frank Lampard. I mean, he's got an ego for days. He, he behaves on the touchline like he's Pep Guardiola. And yet he manages his team like he won a raffle. His plan A yesterday was to dive, to time waste, to shithouse. And when Liverpool scored and he had to change his plan, plan B was just passion. Pure passion. Nothing else. Vibes and passion. His greatest managerial achievements are shouting at Jurgen Klopp twice. He's obviously Chelsea to his core. He's at West Ham as well. I think he's about an eight and a half. About an 8.5 for Frank. Yeah, and that's it. That's where they stand. Pickford and Richarlison stand alone atop the mountain, of course. I think that is the, the scale in which all pricks will be measured from here on, the Pickford-Richarlison scale. All dives will be measured on the Gordon meter. Yesterday, I would say the one against Nabi Keita was about a 10. I mean, that's a 10. The one against Matip is about an 8.5 because you have to give him credit he actually worked for that one. He didn't just throw himself on the ground. Uh, I did take great joy in seeing Liverpool fans report his Twitter account yesterday for sharing copyrighted uh, material when he put up footage of him diving against Joel. Uh, shout out to Johnny Anderson for replying to him with correct angles and calling him a soft lad. I didn't actually realise Anthony Gordon was released by Liverpool at age 11. Probably explains quite a bit, doesn't it? 
really does. Couldn't make it as a footballer. Join Everton and beat Tom Daly. The Reds, of course, did score two goals. Andy Robertson with his first goal in front of the cop after great work by Salah and Divock. And then Divock himself after a wondrous attempted bicycle kick by Luis Diaz, which put it in the put it in the mixer, as you like to say. Divock Origi against Everton, of course. Of course. And no matter what. Divock needs a statue. Where that statue should go, I think the best place is right outside Jordan Pickford's house. Just right outside his house where he can bow and worship that statue every single day. I think from now on, now obviously Everton could well be in the championship next season. We'll just pause on that. Everton could be in the championship next season. We let that breathe and percolate there. Everton could be in the championship next season. So we not might not play Everton, but I don't know if Pickford would go down to the championship with them. I don't know who'd buy him because he's not very good. But whenever Jordan Pickford comes to Anfield from now on, there needs to be Origi masks everywhere. The main stand should just, as you walk in, before you get to your seat, you should be handed your Divock Origi mask. Same thing in the cop. Same thing in the Sir Kenny. Same thing in the Annie Road. As you're walking in, you get handed your Divock Origi mask. At all set pieces, Liverpool should petition the league that they're allowed to put on Divock Origi masks. All set pieces against Pickford. Because I'd say he has nightmares. After that cocky, arrogant fall on the ball and smile and wink. As if he is some sort of... As if he's good. Like, this is the thing. As if he's actually good. He thinks he's Casillas. He plays like Adrian. But Adrian's actually won stuff. Uh, we'll leave it there for today, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.